All right, it is. It's wonderful to see kind of a homecoming flavor weekend. Thank you, Christoph family and Trent and Emily. Yay. They're in the back there. Now they're ducking, you know, but it's uh, great to have both families here with us and others that uh, have come to visit. It's good to see you all here today. Well, we are in the study of the book of James, so please turn there, James chapter 1. We'd like to get started right away. And um, again, I appreciate what Chris mentioned in continuing in our effort to prepare our own hearts for communion time. It's very, very important. It's not a light thing that we do when uh, having our communion time. So here this morning, we carry on and... uh, aim to wrap up our study in chapter 1 of the book of James. And so remember the poss- uh, the, um, that James is giving us a number of tests, if you will, and uh, we're going to look at um, some checkpoints today, some checkpoints regarding the reception of the Word of God in your life. Checkpoints for how you and I relate to the Word, how you and I respond to the Word of God. Okay? So we want to look at, starting at verse 19 and on to the end of the chapter. Let's read this together, following along um, as I read. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Well, Father, we bow before you and we thank you, God, that you're the, uh, the engineer, the initiator and the author of this book. And you so moved in the life of James to have him write down just what you wanted. So, Lord, at this time, um, we quiet our hearts and we humble our hearts and we um, we want to eagerly receive your word um, and follow what you're saying here and obey it. Thank you, God, for how great you are. Please um, speak to our hearts here today, dear God, and do your good work for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we're going to jump right in. Our checkpoint number one, 
in how you receive the word, I have entitled it uh, right there. You see it in your outline, a character check, or if you will, maybe even an attitude check. It's important that we understand how we ought to approach it. And here's how James starts. Now, it's not, I mean, here's the thing. When I read this verse, I always think of how to relate to people. Oh, well, be quick to hear, be slow to speak, be slow to anger. Well, that's with people, right? Ah, but we're not reading it in the context of what James tells us here. Look at verse 18. What is verse 18 saying? Well, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. The Bible, the word. He's brought us forth by his word. So then he says, know this. It's like, you know this. He's not asking you to. He's kind of telling you, you know this. You know what? That God has brought you to faith in Christ. He's talking to believers. And so he's talking, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's talking to you. And that we need to be then handling and respond, I'm sorry, responding to the word of God, receiving the word of God in this way. What way? With the letter A under number one, a teachable spirit. Have a teachable spirit. And that means every believer be quick to hear. Quick to hear the Word. Hear the Word of God. Be quick to hear it. And be quick to um, take it in. Listen to it. Folks, it's how you came to faith in Christ. At some point, you had to hear the Word of God that you were lost, that you needed a Savior, that He paid a price for you, that He went to the cross, He bled and died there. He paid the price for your sin. And that was from the Word of God. You didn't just hear that, you know, like it, it fell down from, you know, it kind of was a message in the sky, in the clouds. It's from the Word of God. What we hold in our hands is very precious, very important. It's our authority for faith and practice, right? Yeah? Thank you? <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. But, okay, so this is what we are to receive. And so he says, be quick to hear. Quick to listen to God's Word. And we need this challenge because of the very next phrase. What is the very next phrase? Slow to speak. You know what? That tends to be my problem. I'm not slow to speak. So I need to be quick to hear and slow to speak so that it's in relationship with receiving the Word of God in my life. The influence, the counsel, the instruction, the admonition of the Word of God in my life. Just stop and think about this. When you get serious about sitting down and being in the Word... Um, if, if it, it, let's say you've been away from it in a while and now it's time, oh, I got to get back to the word. And so you do that and you sit down and you're in the word of God and typically what happens? Oh, well, I got to remember this. Um, and this is what I'm doing today too. And I got to, oh, I got these, these daily distractions that come up. And my mind wanders. So I need to be quick to hear, slow to speak. Needing that um, influence and persuasion and counsel and instruction of the Word of God. 
And then he says, slow to anger. You know, why does this come up when it is in regards to the word? Don't we all love the word of God? You know what? If we're honest, there's times where the word of God speaks to us and it's saying, you're wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. What are you going to do about it? And sometimes people can leave a church service and say, well, and I've heard this recently, not so much from here, but other places, you know, another place where someone is like, well, I don't like what the preacher said. Well, I don't know what the preacher said, but if that's an excuse for when, you know, we come to hear the word of God, then something's wrong with who? The person that wants to leave. So, my mind is thinking of rabbit trails right now, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of stuff that comes up in this regard of are choosing where we want to be. And, you know, it's like a consumer market of, you know, I get to go here and get to go there for churches. I'm glad that you're, you know, committed to Parkside Bible Fellowship. And no, we're not the only church in town. There's other godly good churches in town. But, you know, when you are in, in, involved in, in walking with the Lord, you commit to a local church. And you commit to hearing the word of God, praying that you'll receive it in a, in a way that we're going to see here in just a little bit. So the idea of uh, being slow to anger, um, he's not saying do not be angry, right? Uh, he's saying be slow to anger. And this is, a, a, again, a challenge you know, we understand, I think, most of us understand, there is a righteous anger. It's, you know, we, we label it as, you know, here's righteous indignation. And what do we get righteously angry about? What should we get angry about that's righteous? You know, well, it's, it's regarding not your sin, but my sin. And I know that when our kids were at home, there are times where I felt like I was angry for a good reason. <laughs> you know, because something happened and I was upset because they knew better and they shouldn't have sinned in that way. And so I was angry. Did I sin for being angry? I don't believe so. But it's important, again, that all that we're going to talk about this morning is how are you receiving the Word of God? And how does it affect your behavior? And so, James says in, in verse 21 there, I'm sorry, in verse 20, for the anger of man does not, what? Produce the righteousness of God. Or the righteousness that God requires. Okay? So that's, that's basically, you know, saying, hey, let's have a teachable spirit. Have that attitude and, and prepare your heart in that way. Think of that, of these phrases. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger in regards to, like on a Saturday night, getting your heart ready for coming to church on a Sunday morning. And so, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That be our attitude, for that to be our approach to receiving 
the Word of God. And yes, it also provides wise counsel for how you handle situations with one another. But first and foremost, it's regarding the Word. Letter B, under number one, is also um, the issue of a character check. It's, it's like with integrity, I think. And it's the pursuit of purity in your life. The pursuit of purity. Look at verse 21. Therefore, because of what we just said, therefore, be putting away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So we're taking the first half of verse 21 there. Therefore, put aside. It's the, it's the idea of taking off your dirty clothes. Okay? Um, you've been out working. You come home. Uh, take off your dirty clothes and throw them in the laundry. That's the idea. Take off the filthiness. The moral uncleanness. Get rid of it. It's an interesting study on this word, on this term. It, it has a connection to a, a Greek root word um, meaning wax in the ear. You ever have a problem with wax in the ear? Okay. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out. Wax in the ear obviously tends to prohibit one from hearing. Oh, hearing. Hearing what? Hearing properly. Okay? So clean it out. Uh, don't use Q-tips, right? Don't s- slam it back in. Use something else. I don't know what the latest deal is, but, you know, get it out. So you can hear properly. All right? Because this is what hinders or blocks the believer's spiritual hearing. Get rid of, put aside Put it off this issue of filthiness, all filthiness. It's moral impurity, moral uncleanness. And then he says, and all that remains of wickedness. It's the word evil. It just implies ill will, malice. Okay? And this, folks, this is what's referring to that's in your heart. Not the unbeliever's heart, in your heart. The believer. We still have this issue. We've got, you know, here's the old nature and the new nature and struggle, struggle, struggle. And Matthew 15, verse 19, just jot it down. Matthew 15, verse 19 says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, lying, slanders, sins of the tongue because they're sins of the heart. These are the things that defile a man. Or a woman. That's what Jesus said. So, it's, it's about, here's, here's what comes forth and being a bad appearance, if you will. Lay it aside. Take it off. Get rid of it. Walk away from it. And you're demonstrating then, Christian, you are demonstrating a genuine repentance, a turning from sin. That's not a, a, a part of the Christian life that's done once, once in a blue moon. Oh, I did that back when I was saved. No, you continue doing it. Continue turning from sin. So that's the, that's the pursuit of purity in your life. Some of you have made good progress in that. Others are struggling because you continue wearing the filthiness in your life. You're not getting rid of it. And in your heart, when you face... The, the Word of God, and you know, you know it's wrong, and 
you still need to say, I got to get rid of it. Eliminate it from your life. There's just a, a simple little thing in my life that I recall even, you know, back in college days, I, I was saved at the age of 19 years old. So I had plenty of time on the concert series with rock and roll bands. Nothing wrong with rock and roll, right? But the words that were planted in my heart, that's where the problem was. And I got to LABC, Christian College. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I kept trying to listen to some of my music that was toned down. <clears throat> and I realized, you know what? i got to stop that. I, I've got to stop that because that's dragging me down. Was it a terrible sin? No, it wasn't. But it's not helping me to what? Mature and move on and grow. Turn away from my old life and walk on with Christ. And now what I want to do is encourage you in your, with your music listening. No one's going to come around and say, David Melody Kittle, what are you listening to? No. It's, it's the idea that we're wanting to push aside the stuff of the world and press on with the Lord in your life. And grow and mature. Demonstrate that business of a pursuit of purity in your life. Letter C under number one. The reception of the truth. Okay? Now we get into the issue of receiving the truth of God's word. Receive the truth what? What does it say? Humbly. With meekness. This is not an option, Christian. This is, there's no choice in this matter. Receive it with humility and meekness. This is what we've been called to. We've been born again, regenerated with new life by God's doing and keep on receiving the Word of God in your life. Humbly. Not merely saying, oh, well, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Him. That's not the issue. Oh, I accept what, like, I accept what we say we believe. I accept that. No! It's more than that. It's opening up to humbly submitting to what it says. Okay? A readiness to receive it. He says, in humility, receive the word what? Implanted. Implanted. It's inborn in you. Why? Because... This is what verse 18 said. You've been begotten, King James Version, you've been begotten unto new life. It's by God. Through what? The means of the Bible. His Word. So we've been born again in that regard. Now let's keep growing in this regard. It's like Psalm 1. Psalm 1 suggests that believers are like what? What's the word picture in Psalm 1? Like a tree. And so you need to think of yourself like a tree. When you plant a tree, of course, in the ground here in Fallon, I'm not sure what always happens when you plant a tree. But it's supposed to what? Grow! But you know, all too often, Christians are not like trees. They're like the, the posts in the ground next to the tree. And what happens to those? They don't grow. 
They just sit there, right? Don't be like someone that just sits there in the ground. Be, a tr- be like a tree and grow because of the Word of God. Okay? And notice what it says then, which is able to what? Able to save your souls. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we were saved by praying a prayer, coming forward. No, no, no. Not even that. We're saved through faith. Having faith. By grace, you're saved through faith. Right? And that not of yourselves, it is the... You sure? It is. It is the gift of God. Okay? The gift of God. (coughs) So why does he say here that this is able to save your souls? It's not about how you receive it. It's about the Word of God being used by God to deliver you from further damage of sin. Do you get that? From the further damage of sin in your life. It delivers us. It helps you turn away from the practice of sin. Sin wants to dominate your life. Did you forget that? And if you let it, it will. If you let sin dominate, it will. So this is the process of salvation called what class? Sanctification. God, in a work process on your life to separate you from sin unto Himself. And it's through the Word of God that this really happens in a big way. It ought to happen in a big way. Okay? Number two. Point number two. In verse 22. Thank you, Mark. Number two is the reaction check. It's like when you go to the doctor and you, he says, okay, uh, sit there and let your legs hang and comes up with a little hammer and hammers your knee. Ooh. Okay? That's the reaction check. And here's the reaction check for the believer regarding the Word of God. Letter A is the evidence of doing. But be doers of the Word. Prove yourselves doers of the word. Okay, that's the concern. So that's what we want to prove in our lives that we're not just hearers, we're doers. The whole purpose behind the word of God is designed for action, not just for knowledge, but for action in our lives, for doing. So prove this out in your life. Prove yourselves doers of the word. Now here's here we go. Regarding be doers, that phrase, be doers, it's not in the aorist tense. It's not there. It's in the present imperative tense in the Greek language. Now, what does that bring? It means that it's not a past tense thing that you... Well, I again, I did that. No, you have to continue doing it. And it's like as if, if it's a command... You be doers of the word and continue in that. Okay? Continue in it. 
So it's an ongoing, continuous action of doing, being a doer of the word. So prove yourselves doers because my tendency and your tendency, especially in this day and age, is to be a hearer only. Letter B is the threat of deception. To be a hearer only is to deceive yourself. You don't sit at a stoplight when it's green. I know I'm supposed to go. No, no. I mean, all sorts of examples of how stupid, how silly, how ridiculous it is to deceive yourself. And the Bible is saying here, beware, because you, Christian, again, he's talking to Christians. You, Christian, can deceive yourself if you're not careful. Look, we realize hearing is good. Hearing is fleeting in some people. (laughs) But hearing is good because it can imply that you're listening attentively. You're really interested in this uh, subject matter or whatever. It's, uh, you know, I can benefit from listening. Hey, I, I really appreciated what I heard. Guess what? That's not what God's looking for, that you appreciate what you've heard. He's not, he's not interested in that. And so, in it, it, there's like an epidemic that we're s- seeing here. Um, across Christianity, not just here at Parkside, but across Christianity. It can be just filed away. Oh, I listened to that guy. Yep, good message. Good. I'm glad that it was a good message. We can inundate ourselves with great messages. Really cool. Really uh, convicting. Really comforting. Really powerful messages. But if it gets filed away, and we can say, hey, I feel good about it, and but we move on, then we got problems. So that's why James uses this excellent illustration of the mirror. He goes on to the mirror here in this section, where he says, if anyone is a hearer of the word, in verse 23, and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Right? So the mirror is what? The mirror here in his use of this is the Word of God. If anyone is a hearer, not a doer, he's like one who looks at his face, his natural face, in the mirror. And it's really more like a a passing glance. And moving on. It's not a... Oh, I better shave or... I better wash or I better whatever. Okay? So the mirror does what? The mirror simply reveals what is really there. It exposes things. It reveals the true condition of what we're seeing. That's what the Bible is saying to us. It's telling us the truth about our condition. Okay. And really, it ends up saying, you're not able to fix this. But you see the problem, so yet there are still steps that you need to be responsible for in 
making changes, turning away from things, cleaning it up, putting it off. All those uh, commands that we have for the believer to walk away from that sin, to leave that influence, those kind of things. And so with God's help, we can clean up and shape up as a believer. It's only with His help. It's only by His grace. We sang about that this morning. It's, it's His amazing grace. And then it says, but once He's looked at Himself, He's gone away, He is immediately forgotten. He's forgotten what? What has He forgotten according to this verse? His own true condition. See, we can look into the mirror, walk away and forget what's my true condition. My true condition is I've got that sin nature that wants to drag me down and bring me to the bottom. And yet I've got the new nature in Christ that I can walk away from it. I don't have to, I, I'm not chained to that anymore. I can, I'm free. I can walk away from it and walk in Christ, walk with Christ. And so this is what's behind it. You know, when a, when we walk off and forget, what are we doing? We're walking off and forgetting and moving on to being self-reliant and self-sufficient as a believer. And that's really embarrassing when we stand before the Lord. And that's shameful. We end up not regarding what we've seen in the mirror as very important. So... That person that walked, that saw what was in the mirror and walked off, he really did not respond to, he didn't really linger long at looking into the mirror, which leads to no permanent, no practical results. And so then you wonder, what, you know, I, in your heart, you're not telling people this necessarily, but you're thinking, yeah, I, I don't know what this Christian thing really does because I don't see any change. Don't you want to see change in your life, Christian? Do you really want that? Do you really want to be transformed in the image of Christ? Well, here's the, the issue is, you know, you responding to what the Bible is telling us here. The more we do that, the more we can see growth. When we do it this way, when we're just hearers only, we end up with stunted growth. We're stunting our growth, okay? All right, number three. Come to point number three, our last one. And we, so we've done the character check and the reaction check. And now the reality check. Verse 25. This is very important. This is our memory verse for this month. James 1, 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So the reality check is where the person is actually in action. The check is being done watching him on the track, watching him on the road, watching him in action. Will there be God's 
principles of life seen or one's own agenda, one's own selfish agenda seen. And we can hide that in religious terms. We can hide that in churchianity terms, how we function in our lives out in the open. We want to respond to what God says and what God's principles are. So letter A is the necessary step. The necessary step. The one who looks intently at the perfect law. A Christian has to look at God's law, the word of life. Okay? A Christian cannot be looking intently at some other form of instruction and counsel. Where are you getting your, your understanding of life from? Just your own ideas? Your own ingenuity? Or are you gaining it from the perspective of God in His Word? His Word is where we gain God's perspective, and thus our worldview for life ought to be a Bible-centered perspective on life. This month, you'll have opportunity to demonstrate a, a, a God-centered, Christ-centered, Gospel-centered, whatever you want to call it, Bible-centered perspective on life, by how you take in all the, the flood of information and advertising going on regarding our election. You can take in things and, and respond with a Christ-honoring type of action, but you need to be in the Word. You can't just hear what some uh, commentator says on the TV for your information. You have to be in the Word, and have that formed by the Holy Spirit working in your life. So, there is a law to live by. Notice what James adds. He says, not just the, the perfect law, which that's what God's Word is, the perfect law, but the law of liberty. It's not the law of legalism. That's what we turn it into. Well, you better do this, and you better do this, and you know this and this and this. That's the law of legalism. Or the law of license. Hey, just do whatever you want because God forgives all sin and He loves you all so much. That's the law of license. We've got the law of liberty to do the right thing, to keep walking in obedience and asking for God's help as we go. It's, it's the law of liberty because God has and continues reminding us that He has set us free from our bondage. You've been free Believer, you've been set free from the bondage of sin in your life. Don't keep going back to it. And it's only by the Holy Spirit's enabling that we can walk in His way. Mark down Psalm 19, 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is what? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And then Psalm 119. All sorts of verses there about the the freedom that we have walking in His way. Psalm 119. And then he says here in verse um, 24. No, verse 25, I'm sorry. Verse 25. About abiding. We are to abide in it, remain in it, persevere in it. Stay with it, Christian. I used to think, you know, because, you know, we graduated from Bible college, you know, hey, we we're good now. Knew all the answers, right? Young in mind, young at heart, really 
ignorant with a lot of things too. <laughs> no, you, you persevere in the things of the Word. You abide in the Word of God. Stay in it. Okay? For the purpose that now we can say, I'm a part of the team of effectual doers. I want to be an effectual doer, not a forgetful hearer. So this is the way of true blessedness. God's way of blessing His children. And it's think of it this way, the necessity for the Christian life. So be on the alert for the haze of delusion, the cloud of delusion of merely having head knowledge. Okay? A lot of us, we have head knowledge, but let's be doers of the Word. Letter B is the nullifying step. We've got letter A, the necessary step. B is the nullifying step. If anyone thinks, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So if we're thinking that, oh, I've got religion... I, you know, if anyone, verse 26, he thinks he's religious. And that's in regards to, a, you know, an outward system of habits and practices in life. Well, I'm religious. People look at you and say, well, you must be religious. Well, it goes beyond just merely religious. The test here is about, are you containing or, or restraining your, your words, your tongue? Failing to bridle the tongue ends up with problems. It's a dangerous combination. The tongue is not controlled by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. We then start to or continue to speak as I'm the one in control. I'm the one in charge. Here's what I think. Well, it's nice what you can share what you think, but it's more important to be able to pass on seeds of truth when you talk, when I talk. And it ends up being ineffectual, empty and vain. This man's religion is worthless. So it's a sad, sad commentary. Okay? So, letter C is the nurturing step. The nurturing step. Verse 27, look at how he starts it. Some versions say this is pure and undefiled religion. This is. He's making it confidence. A confident statement. This is what's good. Pure and undefiled religion. Serves as yet, here's another contrast in this passage saying, here's vain, empty religion versus pure and undefiled religion. Okay? It's basically showing us what? Here's the application of it all. Get into action, brother. Get into action, sister. Start being a doer. And what does he specify? Well, it's not that it's only visiting widows and orphans in their distress. It's, this is the, here's a general kind of a suggestion in it. You, you, you go and help people in their need. And particularly widows and orphans. Do we have that kind of sense of service in our faith? Or are we just piling up facts and figures and how many sermons I've listened, listened to or how many books I've read. Now, all that's important, right? But we still need to say, where's the action? That's what Paul, uh, I'm sorry, that's what James is saying. The nurturing step then is not for saving purposes, but for fruitfulness. It leads to blessedness. It leads to joy. And this ought to be the norm for every believer. Got that? 
It ought to be the norm. Not the exception like, oh, well, there are certain people that really have a top-notch way of doing this. No, it's for every... The norm, the standard is... Here it is for every believer. That faith has truly been real in your life. And it's genuine. So here's my belief. And here's my behavior. Okay. So with that in mind, let's wrap this up. So when you look at the Word of God... What does it reveal to you about you? What does it reveal to you about you? And it doesn't get into, you know, a 200-page essay about all the things in your life. It comes back to basic things that ought to be happening. One of which is, here's faith in what God has said. What's your, what's your prayer life like? Does the Bible call for that to be changed? What's your uh, response to people? Is there bitterness? Is there apathy? Is there anger? Is there wh- what kind of response? And what does the Bible say should you do? What's your approach to worship? If it was just really good songs that you like. Or is it ongoing learning from the Word about worship? What does it tell you about church and church involvement? It's like many of us just figure, well, I came. I came to attend church service. That's just a slice of church life, of the Christian life. And I realize I'm preaching to the choir, as we say. You're here. Praise the Lord. But there's many times where we just figure, well, hey, I did my duty. I went to church and I gave in the offering. That's not the Christian life. We need to say, I am in. I am in. And I want to serve the Lord. I want to honor Him. Which gets now deeper. What does it tell you about love? Your love for Christ. What does it tell you? And many people seem to be waiting for something to happen to them, some spiritual experience that will make them do what they ought to do. And meanwhile, the Bible tells us to take what? Take responsibility as we are reading the word, take action, take responsibility. God's done His work and He continues to do His work and pour forth His grace. And what are you doing? How are you responding? Be that ever-ready Christian, ready to receive God's Word, ready to walk in it, ready to welcome it and for it to be at home. For this is how the believer grows. Let's be a growing team of believers that are effectual, what? Doers. Okay, so... I'm going to uh, have our time...